Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association. Welcome back, everybody, to the last half hour of Today's Issues. That's the name of the show here on the American Family Radio Network. If you want to watch us on the Internet, go to Facebook or YouTube and type in Today's Issues. And we always post the stories that we discuss um, on our Facebook page. Tim with Fred and now Steve. We were talking just before we went to the break there yeah. about who's behind Joe Biden. I have a nominee. Okay. Susan Rice. Yeah. Susan Rice. That that makes sense. All right. Susan Rice is currently the director of the White House Domestic Policy Council. However, during the Obama administration, she was the Democratic foreign policy expert who served as Obama's national security advisor and U.N. ambassador. Very powerful individual. Yeah. Yeah. And was in the White House for Obama for several years. She was. So I, I think if you're talking yeah. about power players in the background, yeah. she's one of them. Yeah. And Ray is with us uh, from Kansas City. So it's Ray, Tim, Fred, and Steve. And uh, we thank you for joining us uh, this morning or good afternoon for those on the on the East Coast. If you're wondering what uh, – if you're joining us now wonder what we were talking about, we were just uh, speculating as to who really is in control of – uh, President Biden and the White House, because if you believe that he's not, <laughs> and I haven't found anybody that really believes that he is in control, he's not even in control of who he talks to in the media, right? That's right. He, he's even said out loud many times, I've been instructed, uh, I'm told I can't answer questions, uh, and and so forth and so on. So he's a, he's very controlled in that way. Steve, go ahead. I don't know who's at the top of the list, but if his press secretary is instructing him on who to take questions from, then Biden must be four or five down the list. I mean, the press secretary is not running the country, but she is running Biden. So no, right, true. Someone's run- <laughs> yeah. All right, who's in charge? Yeah. Who's in charge? And the the panel here. As undistinguished as it is, <laughs> do, doesn't believe that Kamala Harris, the vice president, is nope. in control. Nope. They want her to go study root causes of stuff <clears throat> around the world. Well, it, does, it doesn't feel like it's the secretary of state. No. Sometimes we've had really powerful people. Right. It doesn't, doesn't seem like it's whoever that is. No, I don't know. Uh, somebody told me George Soros. Yeah. They were just they were just guessing where the big money is on the left, and that they would have the most sway over what the He's White got House a lot does. Of it. Huh? He's got a lot of it, a lot of money. So it wouldn't surprise me. Now, this is maybe a little bit of a Hollywood, uh, you know, page turner or whatever it, it is, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's somebody that we really don't know much about or haven't heard a lot about. It, it to me, that's uh, even better. What? Well, because if you're smart in Washington, you're the power behind the figurehead. If right. the president's right. the guy that takes all the blame and, and everything, 
and you want to, to you able to control the president, you really have the power, but none of the responsibility. No, nothing comes back on you. Sort of the, 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 the shadowy figure who's right. the power behind the throne. And I don't know if this is him, but Ron Klain is the president's chief of staff. Now, the chief of staff. I couldn't even tell you what he looks who? like. Ron Klain, C-K-L-A-I-N, and I don't either know. Raise your hand, like. people out there in Radio Land, if you know what Ron, what's his name? Klain, Chief K-L-A-I-N. of staff, what he looks like. Seeing, I see two hands. I see two hands in Nebraska, right. <laughs> one in Ohio, one in Maryland. 25 in Nobody Washington. Nobody else knows but, what he looks like. I've never um, even heard of the guy. Yeah, so I mean, but, uh, the, he has control. Certainly he has control who has access to the president when sure. it comes to the White House. That's his job. But who knows what else he has. I'm just, just speculating here. I really don't know. Well, all right. Before, First story, Steve. before we get to the stories, I just wanted to bring this. We don't really have to spend a lot of time on this, but I have found there's a, a new tweet out from Arnie Duncan. Do you remember Arnie Duncan? Mm-hmm. Arnie Duncan was President Obama's Secretary of Education. You want to know how much? I thought that was DeVos. President uh, 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 DeVos Obama? Was, was Trump's. Oh, Obama. My bad. I'm sorry. I might have said. Uh, excuse uh, me. I'm sorry. I, I've been having trouble getting the right names that, of presidents lately. That's probably my lately. fault. But know. President Obama's. Uh, Secretary of Education was Arnie Duncan. To show you how much disdain they have for you if you're conservative, this is what he tweets. Have you noticed how strikingly similar both the mindsets and actions between the are between the suicide bombers at Kabul Airport and the anti-mask and anti-vax people here? They both blow themselves up, inflict harm on those around them, and are convinced they're fighting for freedom. That's the mind of the American left right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's representative of a lot of people on the Democrat side. Yep. They, they, the Taliban in Afghanistan, yes. he's saying, is the moral equivalent of the, of the people who are the anti-vaxxers. What he calls he anti-vaxxers. Mm-hmm. Right. He's talking about people like us. Even, though, I'm, even though we're not anti-vaxxers. No. They sure. they view us as anti vaxxers because we don't because we don't fully endorse uh, right. and we raise questions. We raise questions, therefore you're anti mat you're anti vax. Yep. Yes. And so and somehow that makes us like the Taliban. Yes. That's that's the way that's the mind of the secular left in this country. Yeah. Uh, against uh, and that's why they would put us in camps if they could. I don't doubt that. I don't huh? doubt that. What what you got going on on the secular left in this country? so-called progressives, mm-hmm. not all of them, but a lot of them, that kind of language you just said right there, who said that? Arnie Duncan. Okay. Think about it. He was secretary of education for Obama. Yes. So he is he is a mainstream Democrat. Yep. Mm-hmm. And what did he say? Have you noticed how strikingly similar both the mindsets and actions are between the suicide bombers at Kabul's airport and the anti-mask and anti-vax people here, they both blow themselves up, inflict harm on those around them, and are convinced they're fighting for freedom. Well, Okay, I- so uh, what you got going on here is the dehumanizing of conservatives, and particularly Christian conservatives, by the secular left uh, in this country, as evidenced by that quote and many others we could bring to you. These aren't these aren't uh, wacky people on opium, okay? Uh, some college professor somewhere, although there are a lot of college professors who believe just like him, 
Where do you want me to sign? Hold on just a minute, people. I got to sign something. Let me. Do you want me to go? Me, you want me to go with the next story? Another. Yeah. Oh, you get that? Okay. Um, there are a ninety retired generals and admirals who have called for <laughs> um, Secretary of State uh, Lloyd Austin, uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, and Joint Chiefs of Staff Mark Miley to resign, or Milley, I guess it's to resign. <laughs> ninety retired military generals and admirals, flag officers that say they want Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Mark Milley, to resign. These are the authors of what they believe, because I guess they don't think that Biden's in control, at least they can't require he resign, uh, for the disaster in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. Well, it doesn't surprise me. I think uh, General Boykin uh, at Family Research Council is among those. We're Mm -hmm. trying to reach him to get his side of this. I, I, I don't think you've... You have to have had a long military career to look at what just happened in Afghanistan and to question. There is there is general agreement that it was time to get out of Afghanistan. I say general. However, the focus of the criticism is on the uh, exit strategy. That's what's being talked about. And how can you say, say and stand there and say, we turned the country over. We put up the white flag to the Taliban. We let them take control. We left behind billions of dollars worth of military equipment. We've left behind, I'd say, upwards maybe 200 or more American citizens that wanted to get out, many more Afghans, and they controlled the airport during the, the whole evacuation. And when I say they, the Taliban control the airport during the whole evacuation operation. How can you call that a success when you surrender to a terrorist group? Well, I think what they're calling a success is the airlift. I think they're conflating two things here. The airlift was a success uh, carried out by our military. Mm -hmm. It depends on your definition. By sheer numbers, it was an awful lot of people. But how can you say that if you leave 200 Americans behind that wanted to get out that you you're, have a successful airlift? I mean, maybe. I, I, uh, well, I'm just telling you how I think. Well, I, I'm just telling you what I think they're saying. What their they're, spin. Their spin right. yes. on it is they're going to say it was a historic airlift <clears throat> with how many thousands and thousands of people. And it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, our military did sure. an extraordinary job, Ray. Uh, so in that respect, Fantastic. In, in that respect, you could say, it's a success that I, they're conflating two things here. I don't think I think you need to distinguish between the two. Go ahead. Uh, to, to, to add to what we uh, left but wait, behind. But wait a minute before we leave that story here. I got distracted for just a minute, okay. which is rare. <laughs> I want to ask you. Uh, that seems like a lot of generals to me. Repeat what you just said. Now this is a this is a big story in my opinion. What what are you, what are you saying here? Ninety. Nine zero retired military generals and admirals are calling for Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin and Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff Mark Milley to resign. Okay, these are people, generals and admirals. That's the top level you can reach in the uh, services, armed services. Flag true, officers, correct. Okay, so wow, ninety of them. Ninety of them, and they put their name on. They put their. This isn't anonymous. No. 
They put their names on a line, right? Like a, the only two I recognize are um, General Boykin and Mark and uh, Ronnie uh, Ronnie Austin. Um, sorry, the the Lloyd former, Austin. Lloyd. No, sorry, Ronnie Jackson. That's all right. Jackson. R- Ronnie Jackson, who's a representative, yes. he used to be. Uh, he's a, he's an yeah. admiral. He is. He's for, former President Trump's physician. Okay, but anyway. But yeah. but but anyway, that's uh, that's basically a vote of no confidence by a substantial number of of uh, military leaders in our country uh, uh, of their of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the Chairman Joint Chiefs of Staff Milley, yes, and Austin. That's the gentleman's name. Who's Lloyd our Austin, sec- Secretary Lloyd Austin, of who's the Secretary of Defense? Well, somebody was pointing out this morning. It's very interesting. Those two positions, uh, Secretary of Defense and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, those are political appointments. When you become uh, a major general, lieutenant general, whatever the case, that is made by military people. But those two positions are selections of the president. All right. And apparently, Milley, his history in the military, uh, according to uh, this expert that I heard this morning, he is he has not done well. In fact, he was rejected. I'm trying to remember whether it was during George W. Bush's presidency or Donald Trump's presidency. He was rejected for advancement. They didn't think he was good enough. But he took over this position when Joe Biden became president. He's no, he was there. Ch- he was there prior to that. He was there under Buddy. Oh, Buddy there he, under he was there, Trump. I don't think he was chairman of the Joint Chiefs during that period. Mm, but but the point being that. that these positions are political appointment positions. They are not something that you gain by coming up through the ranks. In other words, you don't become Secretary of Defense by coming through the ranks. Right. In fact, that's not, what, not necessarily. Yeah. In fact, that's why many times they will appoint somebody who is uh, uh, out on civilian street versus somebody from the military to be secretary of defense. Mm-hmm. President Trump nominated Millie as chairman of the Joint Chiefs in December, on December 8th, 2018. Okay. So um, not only have we... Boy, I bet he regrets that. Yeah. Yes. Huh? What do you think? Well, here's here's what uh, President Trump said. He said, if Democrats could fight wars as well as they ex- execute election fraud, we would have obliterated all of our enemies throughout the world, and the world would have nothing to worry about. This Nicely done. <laughs> President Trump's letterhead there. So, yeah, he's not that happy right now. Um, we also left behind uh, not only some Americans, but uh, we left behind some uh, two, 280 young women in um, – Kabul, who were musicians. Apparently, they were part of a youth orchestra, very accomplished. And according to a, a congressman, Scott Taylor from Virginia, Republican from Virginia, who was trying desperately to get these girls out, he says, we had seven buses filled with world-renowned orchestra performers, 280 girls, all approved to go. Our hearts are broken. These young girls spent 17 hours on a hot bus with no food or water and were 393 feet from freedom but were denied entry into the airport because the United States government gave the Taliban the power to override the U.S. Army's 82nd Airborne. Our elected leaders failed these 280 young girls. Where, where are you reading that? Who said that? You just said? The New York Post is reporting this. 
Okay, what's the congressman's name? His name is Scott Taylor. He's a former Navy SEAL. Is and, he a and are you saying these are these American citizens? These young girls are they from no, the U.S.? They're Afghan girls. Afghan girls. They're okay. Afghan girls who were formed into you know, taught music. Now, the uh, the Taliban has banned music in its country. There was a report of them coming around and actually executing a, a folk singer. But I've also read where now they're still having weddings in Afghanistan, but they're not allowed to have any music. Music is being banned, and it's kind of a lot like the cultural purge that Mao did in the 70s. Night. You know, anything Western, anything that sparks of uh, progress or whatever is, is, is banned and, and forcibly removed. We also left 51 military working dogs on the tarmac. There was room, it is reported, on the plane, but no one bothered to load them up. These are working dogs, military members, like, op, like police dogs for police officers, and they were left in their crates on the tarmac. There is a nonprofit that's working on getting them back. Um, but they have to get the Taliban permission. Yeah, probably. Um, well, they do now because Taliban controls yeah. the airport, yeah. right? Yes. Our guys are gone. I, I don't, I, for the life of me, I do not understand. I have not, why for this whole thing? We, we all know that. There's one thing President Biden was correct about. Ears perk up. Uh, it was going to be messy sure. whenever we decided to withdraw our troops from Afghanistan. Whether that happened under President Trump or whether that happened under President Biden's watch, there were going to be uh, things happen that we just cringe at or we just, our hearts sink because that's, that's just the way it was going to be because the Taliban is wicked and evil and that we, we all knew pretty much that, that was, they, they were going to take over the country once we left. Well, uh, but that being said, the way this all went down was, oh, I'm, I'm repeating what we all have thought for the last few days, but it still it bears, it bears uh, repeating. The, we left how many Humvees? I got a list. Uh, the, 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 the things that we, I, I would like somebody to explain to me. Go ahead. We this, left. this is equipment we left. And this was what Trump, this is what President Trump was talking about yeah. a few minutes ago. First of all, before you do that, mm -hmm. that's about a one minute. Is it one minute by President Trump? He was on Todd Starnes yesterday, our good friend Todd Starnes. <clears throat> And this is what he had to say. Go ahead. We would not have left people behind, and we wouldn't have left $1 worth of equipment behind, let alone $83 billion, which is inconceivable. And I would have taken the equipment out. I would have taken the people out. And then we would have bombed every base but Bagram. We had to keep that because that's near China and Iran. They're trying to now the narrative Biden got out like he's brave. He got out like a man that was just fleeing for his life. This is the United States of America. All over the world, they're laughing at us because of the way. Withdrawal is fine, but you withdraw with dignity and with victory. We had victory. Who do you think? That, that's, that's, what, that's the difference. I think President Trump would have done exactly what he just said. He wouldn't have left all that equipment over there. Did he say billions? Yeah, 80-some billion. Go ahead, Steve. You have a, what, are, what are you about to read? I have a list of, according to the U.S. Government Accounting Office, the GAO, 
um, and uh, the Special Inspector General for Afghanistan Reconstruction. This is a list of what we left behind. 22,000 and change Humvees. 634 M117 uh, troop carriers, 155 Max Pro mineproof vehicles. I'm going to skip some stuff. 42,000 uh, trucks and SUV pickups, 64,000 machine guns, 176 artillery pieces like howitzers, 162,000 radios, 8,000 trucks, 16,000 night visions, 33 helicopters, M17 helicopters, 33 Black Hawk helicopters. Four C-130 transport planes, um, 23 Embraer EMB Super Takano. Uh, this is a, like an attack plane, I guess. Um, and the list goes on. I just gave you the highlights. What, the about, what about guns? We have um, 385,000 and a half assault rifles, 126,000 and a quarter, 126 and a quarter thousand pistols, um, and 640. 64,363 machine guns. Okay. You, you can equip Ray. a good-sized army. Yeah. I'm thinking the same thing. So the Taliban now has all that? All of it. All, there, there was some report this morning that uh, the American forces disabled some of the equipment before they left. Some of the equipment. Yeah, and I doubt they'll have the sophistication or knowledge to know how to work half of that stuff. Well, but the the videos we're seeing now are of Taliban flying Blackhawks around. Yeah. In fact, there was one of uh, them But it flying- just seems like such a waste. It just seems like such a waste. That sounds like a lot of stuff to get out. Same like to me, that would take a year to get that stuff out. A retreating army will often leave stuff on the battlefield. Sure. They don't have a choice, but they usually blow, blow it the up. stuff up. Yeah, blow it you up. You could get the helicopters out. You could get yes. the, you could get the planes the out. Black Hawk helicopters? I guess you could have flown them out. Um I guess. Uh, we don't we don't know how all that works, but uh, we're just laymen, but uh, most most people looking at this go, My goodness, you left that kind of equipment over there and I'll be honest with you, just hearing those numbers, and this is just me, I speak for only me. Don't speak for Ray, Steve, or Fred. That sounds like to me we had more equipment than we could ever use. If you're talking about how many troops you had over there, well, we were downsizing. Remember, we had to put more people in there to we do had the 6, evacuation. People were down to six. Or but 4, no, before people. that, we were down to three, three thousand. Yeah. Yes, for, sure. for the last couple, three years, right? Yes, for the last year or so. Okay, sure. so you got sound like you got a Humvee for every five people. Yeah. Right. That we had they had there. plenty of supplies. No, That's we got like five Humvees per person. Okay. If you got 6,000 people, you got 22,000 Humvees. We all Everybody know there's a lot. gets a Humvee. We all know there's a lot of waste. Right. In the federal government and in general, even in the Pentagon, the Defense Department. And there's a lot of contracts that people have. I don't want to start down that road. The, well, the, the Taliban has a lot of reason to celebrate. We're yeah. gone, and they've got a yeah. lot of our equipment. I just hope we don't see videos from, you know, from people being tortured. And, and, we're, and we're seeing. I was seeing videos of a uh, translator who left behind in his home, fearful because gunshots were coming his way uh, as the Taliban went door to door executing people. <clears throat> Well, there's evil in the world, folks, and Satan uh, himself, the Bible says, is behind it. Yep. 
That's what the Bible says. You don't have to believe it. But the Bible says that there is an evil entity in the world which God and Jesus Christ have overcome. Right? Mm-hmm. That's, right. The, that's, the, that's the good news. We can explore that more. Next time on Today's Issues, we hope you keep listening to American Family Radio. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Fred. You bet. Steve. My pleasure. Our thanks to Chris Woodward and Brent Creeley and David Barton for being on with us the last hour. We hope you have a great afternoon and keep listening to AFR.